Now, 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 your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show, with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to the Get You Some Radio Show, and I gotta tell you, gotta tell you, I'm a little nervous today. I've done what, maybe 40, 50 episodes of the Get You Some radio show, but today's guest has done 10,000 interviews. He's done 30,000 broadcast shows across Canada, does 100 speeches a year, and he's written a, a, a book that I, re I read this weekend. Great book, by the way, Nuts, Bolts, and a Few Loose Screws. Today's guest is Gare Maxwell, and so we're going to talk to Gare. The, I'm gonna, the, I was reading the book, and the first thing that popped in my mind is one of the very first things on the, in the introduction was a quote from Bono. It says, as a rock star, I have two intuitions. I want to have fun, and I want to change the world, and I've got a chance to do both. I think in today's, today's economy, with the technology that we have, everyone has a chance to have fun, make a good living, and change the world. We're going to talk to Gary Maxwell about that right after this. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired... If you're struggling to be perfect, hoping for average, and settling for anything less than the life you were born to lead, you can do better, better. Self-help for the rest of us. The groundbreaking new personal development book from Terry Lancaster. Get your free copy today at terrylancaster.com. So you know how in all the commercials they have the fast-talking guy at the very end and he gives you all the important information? Well, I'm going to give you the disclaimer right up front. This book will not make you a millionaire or a movie star. It's not going to give you six-pack abs and it's not going to give you gleaming white, perfectly straight teeth. But perfection is overrated. It's a fantasy and it doesn't exist in nature. What this book will do is give you proven strategies for making your actual life better. You can build a better life, one better decision at a time. Better. Self-help for the rest of us. Get your free copy today at terrylancaster.com. Gare, how you doing, buddy? Hey, listen, Terry, I'm here to get you some. Get I'm you some. To, yeah, get you some. I'm on the Get You Some radio show, but it's on... On a Zoom call, it's on. It's it's a radio show with video with a video chaser, baby. That's what we got hey, going on. <laughs> I, I I just love it, and uh, I got to tell you, I I love that. Not only did you read the book, but you latched on to one of my favorite quotes. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Terry, because you told me we could just freestyle this, right? Let's you, go. We're, we're I'm going. We're going where the conversation leads us. Yeah. So what was that Bono quote again about? The Bono, Bono quote was, "As a rock star, I have two intuitions. I want to have fun and I want to change the world. And I think that's what everybody wants." Well, let's talk about that. That's a great place to start because I feel honestly, I, I'm just back from a speaking tour in Portland, Oregon, last week. Week before it was Rochester, New York. Already this year, we've been in places like Lexington, Kentucky, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We're heading to Vegas in a couple of weeks. And everywhere we go, Terry, that holds true. Let's yes. have some fun, but let's change the world as well. And I know from what you told me, a lot of people in, in the audience, uh, people who tune into the Get You Some radio show, deep down, they don't want to be another number. They yes. want to stand out in the crowd. 
they, they want to make a difference and they want to have fun while they do it. Does that kind of. And, and if, if we make a couple of bucks along the way, I think that covers all the bases. Okay. There is no story. And I've traveled, as you know, Terry, far and wide across North America, I've been invited to speak in, uh, you know, over in Europe on a number of occasions. And I haven't found a story yet that's more universally applicable than the one from the worst business category in the world. The worst business the category. The worst. So, and I always say, I always say to my audiences, you know, how would you like this? Do you want me to serve it up as a case study or, or do you want me to just like tell you the story? And would you believe out of 100 business people, how many would want the case study versus the story, Terry? What do you I think? think? I think everybody likes the story. Story they want, the Yeah, they want the story. And so, um, it, you know, it goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a business category, worst business category in the kingdom, the yeah. worst. And, and, and people start to think, you know, what, what could that be? And it's worse than lawyers, worse than politicians. We're all the way down to the bottom of the uh, greasy totem pole of credibility called used cars. Used car dealers. Used cars. <laughs> Terry, I met this guy in 2002. His yeah. name is Jim Gilbert. He literally was that guy with the small corner lot, but he was a nice guy. Truth, truth be known, he's a character right out of Seinfeld. He was a low talker. Yeah. You know, very quiet, very humble. The low talker. Yeah. In other words, Terry, you, you had to hope that uh, there wasn't a lot of outside noise. So, <laughs> uh, so Jim's this, and, and, and his wife, the two of them, Jim and Donna, are, are just lovely people. They don't fit the stereotype of the business at all. We started working in 2002. The case study part is we were selling about, at the time, he was selling about 10 to 12 cars a month. He had the small corner lot employing five people, maybe a part-timer in there. And they were doing about 1.5, 1.8 million a year. In 2006, and to be precise, it was September of 2006, we started telling a whole new story. Because Terry, just think about the typical car ad. Mm -hmm. What does the typical car ad sound like, whether it's in your town or any town in America? Well, I mean, they, 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 uh, they're, they're all, all over the map, and usually the production's horrible, and, and, and uh, they, 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 there's a lot of screaming going on, and it's usually all about the dealership and what they've got going on. Yeah, and, and so it's price-driven, it's sale-driven, it's a better quality, better selection, better service, better value, better pricing, right? Yeah. Come by here to XYZ Car Company. Well, at Jim Gilbert's Wheels and Deals, we did, we did something so, when you think back, Terry, when you think back, it was actually unthinkable. Yeah. And, and, and we started telling stories on the radio. So instead, in these 30-second segments, we turned them into little vignettes that had nothing to do with the cars. It was so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. And he became Jim Gilbert's Wheels and Deals, Canada's huggable car dealer. And the huggable car and, dealer. And, and I see the teddy bear behind you, so it's, it's like you planned this all out. You, you got well, the teddy bear. And I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on this, is that the huggable car dealer, we started running these spots talking about how he was the Romeo of roadsters, and he's the Casanova of customer focus. He's the McDreamy of drive. And at Jim Gilbert's, you can get your daily dose of Hugtonium designed to improve your love affair with your car and your, and your libido. Okay? Yeah. We're... This stuff, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, guess what? People started noticing. 
because we weren't talking about the cars. And even to this day, we still run series and, and themes around, like for instance, in this quarter right now, we're running the Seinfeld theme, okay? Uh, we're doing, ad, we, we've even written the ad about nothing, <laughs> paying tribute to Seinfeld. Yeah. But what Jim and Donna did, Terry, is, and this guy serves notice, if Walt Disney himself imagined a used car lot, this is what it looks like. <laughs> He's got hundreds, and I mean hundreds of teddy bears. He's got the mascots running around. He's got the merry-go-round out front. He's got the two-kilometer nature trail to go walk your dog. Everything you can think of that would fall off the meat of the bones that falls off that one word, huggable, mm -hmm. has totally reinvented the business, reinvented the brand. And like to your point earlier, how do we have fun and change the world? And one of the things we discovered at Jim Gilbert's Wheels and Deals is we do that by standing in the emotional truth of our own story. And so Jim and Donna were already nice people. When I showed up, I, they were doing handwritten birthday notes for their customers. You know, Terry, you bought a car. Yeah. There it is. When they had, back when they had no money, you'd get a handwritten birthday note. You haven't bought a car there for 10 years. Guess what? You're still getting a gift, only now there's 15,000 people on that gift list. Mm -hmm. See, Jim Gilbert's today went from that small corner lot dealership. Now it sits on five acres and they employ 33 people. They sell well over 100 cars a month. And that business now does north of $42 million a year. And, and really the only substantial difference, because there's not that much difference in terms of the actual product and the pricing. Mm -hmm. But what is different is the story they're telling, not just the story they're telling in their marketing, it's the story they actually live at the dealership each and, and every day. And you have, there, there's a chapter in the book about, about Jim's store. And the story was that he actually didn't go, he didn't, he didn't come with the intention of growing the store with that. He wanted to help people. He, he was motivational, he had motivational quotes everywhere, and he was looking for a way to connect with people and share his story and improve their lives. And everything that happened is as a, is a result of that. No question, and that's a very good point. Uh, I guess, Huggable is just the poetic extension of the truth that was already there. So even to this day, he's still one of these guys. He loves his Zig Ziglar tapes and, yeah. and, and, and Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and anything around motivation and, and, and personal and professional development. Like he's an absolute junkie for that stuff. He's always trying to find, well, what's, what's the good in, in any situation and how to always think positive. And, and, and so that went on for a long time before we finally landed on this, um, we call it the narrative now, mm -hmm. the huggable car dealer. But that huggable car dealer, when you think about it, that is your foundation for every story you would ever tell afterwards. And it becomes not just who they are and what they're all about. It becomes literally the story they can now tell, share, and how many different stories can you tell, Terry, just use your imagination, that relate to caring, kindness, comfort, you know. Um, and, and, and so it really has, you know, nothing to do with the actual product or service, which I think is where the great unexplored opportunity is for anyone watching this or listening to this today is how can you tell a story 
that really has nothing to do so much with the product and service and the solution you offer, but more about the actual values that you represent. Well, you, t- you talk in the book about, uh, there's a lot in the book about branding. And one of the things that you say about branding is that branding isn't about facts. Branding is about feelings. And uh, one of the things I tell people is people don't make buying decisions on rational reasons. People make buying decisions for their own emotional reasons. And then they use logic to explain away those decisions. So the, 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 the story, the narrative, the feelings, the emotion, that's where, that's where, that's where the honey is anyway. Well, sure. And it, you, you nailed it. I mean, story is just the vessel. It's the conduit to those feelings. People don't get all warm and fuzzy over what I call category language. No one ever got warm and fuzzy uh, about um, better selection, better service, better value, fast, friendly, reliable, uh, with friendly and knowledgeable staff. That doesn't do anything. That's regurgitated, reheated, mm-hmm. recycled ad speak. But you give people a story. You give them something, uh, to quote a chapter from Brett Michaels and Poison, that they can actually give them something to believe in. <laughs> guess what? You know, Steve Jobs did that with Apple. He really did. Yeah. If you think back to 1997, what did Einstein, Buckminster Fuller, Kermit the Frog, Amelia Earhart, Picasso, Muhammad Ali, and a cast of others, what did any of that have to do with the actual computer they were selling in that 60-second spot? It, it, it's just the, the, the human connection. And so I'm going to ask you to switch gears a little bit. We, t- we talk about businesses having a brand, but you also t- a brand, but then also in the book, you talk about that people have a brand. Sure. Every person, every business has a brand and nobody gets a get out of brand free card. No, it, and you, you will either do it by design or by default. And one of the best stories, in fact, this can be even an action item for people to jump all over. So I told you the story about the huggable car dealer, all right? So imagine, if, imagine being able to create a brand within a brand. And forgive me, I'm just fighting a little bit of a, <laughs> I've been dying to cough here. We're, 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 we're doing some home renos and there's some drywall dust particles still floating around. But anyway, that's just me just being me. We had this guy two years ago. This is, this is a two-year case study if we want it that way, Terry. Yeah. He's, he's an otherwise ordinary car salesman. And, and like we said, a used car salesman. And his name is Troy. Anyone watching, you can look him up on Facebook. Troy Faskell. F-A-S-Q-U-E-L. Well, Troy Faskell is the host, starting two years ago, of Troy's Huggable Tuesday. Would you believe in this day and age, you can be, you can be your own storyteller on your own Facebook channel, YouTube channel, and, and all Troy does is gets on there every Tuesday and tells these 90-second to two-minute stories about sort of the situations or the predicaments he finds himself in. So one week he got caught up on the roof of the building and the drone is circling overhead. And another mm-hmm. week he's, he's uh, training for the Olympics. He, he's in the weight room and, and another week he's, oh, he's, he's caught singing in the shower. You <laughs> see, it, it, another week he, he was uh, caught, his, his back was getting waxed. And apparently some people like to watch that, uh, you know, a hairy man getting his back waxed on Facebook video. But here's my point. And here's the point I want to share with your viewers and listeners. Troy understands a profound truth. 
it's not about the four wheels and the piece of tin. Mm -hmm. This is something Jim Gilbert and I spent the last 11 years uh, through, you know, actually knowing in terms of how the market responds to a story. It's got nothing to do with the four wheels and the piece of tin. In other words, that's your product or service. Everyone can think about that relative to the industry you're in. What's your equivalent to four wheels and a piece of tin? According to Jim Gilbert, 22 car dealerships in a 100-kilometer radius, guess what? Everyone had four wheels and a piece of tin. Two years ago, Troy Faskell jumps on Facebook, which is why anyone watching, friend him. Tell him you were with Terry Lancaster and Gare Maxwell on the Get You Some radio show, and you'll watch what Troy's doing. In two years, Terry, two years, over a quarter of a million views, more shares than you can imagine, because what's happened, he's become the brand within the brand, and consequently, he's, he's become a greater asset of the business, and he's got customers out there actually doing the marketing for him as they share and comment on all his videos. As they retell the story, as stories, as stories are meant to be told. That's the way it's supposed to be. Not only that, and you bring up a good point, not only are stories meant to be told, I think, and maybe you can agree or, or from your experience, because I'd love to hear what you say, as far as I can tell, Terry, no one will share features, advantages, benefits. No one will share what is your unique selling proposition. No one's ever gonna share any of that information. They won't even share a testimonial, but guess what they would share? They would share a story. They'll, they'll tell the story. And you're absolutely right. I, I, I work with a lot of car dealers and I'm, I'm training people to use social media. And I think that's the second biggest mistake that people make when they start out trying to build a personal brand or, or, or get their own message out. Their first mistake is not doing anything at all, which is a big deal. Their second mistake is trying too hard and sounding like the business, sound, giving the features and the benefits and the unique selling propositions and the 0% for 84 months and the 199 right. down and the 199 a month. You know, that's not the purpose of social media. Social media is about being social, about laughing, about joking, about telling a story to a friend. Yeah, so let's let's do a hypothetical situation. Give me an example from some market that you would be familiar with. And let's just play with this and let's see what we can do. But I mean, if Terry, if you and I could create something right out of thin air, yeah. Maybe that would inspire someone watching or listening to do exactly the same thing because you don't have to talk about the product. Well, there, there, I, 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 there's, there's a million problems. I had, I had this conversation with a banker and uh, I was talking to a banker and uh, you know, a financial planner. And he says, I'm so limited as to what I can talk about because there's, there's this regulation and that regulation. And my, my, my point is, well, you know, you don't have to talk about the financial products. You don't have to talk about the regulations. Let me ask you a question. Do you like cookies? Yeah. I think everybody likes cookies. Do you bake cookies? Do you have any great cookie recipes? Talk about what you want to talk about. I was giving a training session uh, about a month ago, and, and there was one guy who sat in the corner, completely quiet. He, only, he said he wasn't on Facebook that much because his wife was always asking if she wanted to post pictures of his food, and she, he, didn't really, he, he didn't really want to do that. But I'm talking to him afterwards, and he goes to car shows like every weekend. He organizes his own car show. Mm. And, and I said, man, why aren't you there with a video talking about the car show? Talking about the cars, talking about the people who have the cars. Uh, why don't you tell that story? And then, you know, people will find you for the four wheels and the piece of tin. But just tell the story about be you, be who you are. Yeah, I like your, uh, I like your cookie example. I mean, let's just say 
I mean, did, which town was this guy a financial planner? Financial planner. That was, that was somebody here in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Um, you could do a whole ongoing video series on what, you know, what's hiding in the cookie jar. Yeah. Right. That, that could be it. That could, you could do a whole show and, 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 and never, and every week come into what's in the cookie jar. And every week you reach into the cookie jar and you pull out the fresh topic. Yeah. And the topic could be about, you know, about schoolyard improvements or the topic could be about something related to the community in terms of, you know, um, the Tennessee Titans. What's in the cookie jar this week? The cookie jar itself could be the metaphor. See, the cookie jar is now no different than the teddy bear. Yeah. It's, it's just the vehicle for the it's story. The, it's the wrapper. Exactly. And so one of the toughest things I ever have to do, Terry, is explain to my business audiences, and I speak to a lot of high-level CEOs and senior execs in different parts of the world, and if you see this as a teddy bear, you miss the point. Mm -hmm. I will fail you, and I will fail the Get You Some Radio Show audience if I don't help you see what you're really looking at. This is not a It looks like a teddy bear in its physical reality, but it's really a $42 million idea. That's what it is. It's a $42 million golden goose that lays millions of golden eggs every single year. And so whether it's a financial planner, the cookie jar would be a great, as you said, vehicle to take his storytelling to a whole other level, which is what anyone watching or listening can do. Just realize people don't actually care about the product or service you sell or the quality of it because quality is a given, quality is table stakes. Mm -hmm. Come up with a story, a unique perspective, like you said, Terry, you inject some of you into that. Put yourself into that. And if cookies are your thing, go with the cookies. And I, I'll well, tell you another thing. Hey, Seinfeld say that? Was that a Seinfeld episode? Look <laughs> to the cookie, Elaine. <laughs> Look to the cookie. Yeah. You've got all the Seinfeld quotes. Hey, so I mean, this is the other thing people don't care about. And then I talk to a lot of people who they're afraid to put themselves out there. They're afraid to, to put their authentic selves on. And I think that's what happens when they, they want to talk, they want to go back to, the, to regurgitating the industry speak. And they're afraid to be fresh and original because they're afraid, you know, of how people are going to perceive it. It's a little different. But you said in the book that anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Badly. Because people, I love it that you brought that up. Because people are so fixated on perfection. How well did you swing the golf club the first time or swing the tennis racket? Or how well did you downhill ski? How well did you go ice skating for the first time when you became a Predators fan in Nashville and you wanted to learn how to play ice hockey. I mean, you never, none of us did anything well at first, but the more you did it and did it badly, guess what? It's like any acquired skill. And, and online storytelling or storytelling of any kind is actually no different. It's, it's an acquired skill, but where I think it really also, where rubber hits the road, we're so fearful of being judged. We're so fearful of what will they think, you know, uh, uh, of going out onto the limb. And yet, and yet, when you go out onto the limb, isn't that where you find, you know, the skinny part of the branch? Isn't that where you find the fruit? That's where the blooms and the fruit are. That's right. It, 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 that's where it is. And, and you know what? 
and, and, and there was nothing, I think, more dramatic in 2018 already, Terry. Like, you know, I, I, I explained it this way. When it comes to risk and when it comes to putting yourself out there, when it comes to your business and brand, especially your brand, which is really your reputation and the story you represent, are you playing to win or just playing not to lose? Yeah. Think about that for a second. Are you really playing to win? I can assure you the huggable car dealer, he's playing to win. But I can assure you Apple is playing to win, and so is Amazon, and so are some of the biggest companies, Tesla, Elon Musk. They're all playing to win. And so I think the best story of playing to win in 2018 actually is, is what happened fourth and goal late in the first half of the Super Bowl. Yeah. You tell me, my friend, were the Philadelphia Eagles and, and Doug Peterson, were they there? Were they playing to win on fourth and goal? What do you do? You know, do you kick the three points? Do you take the safe three points and, and head to the locker room knowing you got a guaranteed three points? And, and what did the Eagles do? And I thought that play, the, you know, what they call it, the Philly, um, whatever it was, that, that play they called. But Nick Foles, the quarterback, catches the touchdown. Man, I think Philadelphia showed right there. They were playing to win. They were playing to beat Tom Brady's ass right there. And, and I think that changed the whole complexion of the game. I think that mindset, more than anything, Terry, that's the mindset you've got to approach this stuff with. Are yeah. you playing to win or just playing not to lose? Because if you're just playing not to lose, move over. Someone else will get out in front. And so many, so many people approach this. Well, okay, I've heard that I should try social media. I've, I'm heard, I've heard that I should try telling a story and being a narrative. So they try it. They, they put a little bit out there to, to check that box just to say that they did it, not to actually – integrate it into their way of business, not to integrate it into the, their daily function, but hey, we're going to try this. Here, here, here's a few hundred bucks. Let's go try this for a little bit. Yeah, which is, which is really, I think that's kind of like, um, you know, I, I think for any of this to work, and I'm sure you've seen it yourself, it really is back to the law of the farm. Mm -hmm. And it's going to require the double-edged sword or, the, the, you know, the two-sided coin called commitment and patience. You got to be committed, but then you got to be patient. And I love the law of the farm as the best analogy for this. Uh, I started myself doing online videos uh, back in July of 2015. I'm so grateful I started my YouTube channel back that far, which now seems prehistoric. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 150 videos or whatever it is later, and I'm sure you've gone through the same thing with your shows and your you know, video presence. Cause if I'm not mistaken, we both come from radio backgrounds. Is yep, that right? I'm, I'm, yeah. an, I'm an old disc jockey face built for radio. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. We both. So, but my point is you jumped in, but how does the farmer do it? The farmer plants the seed in good soil, takes care and, and will go months and, and not see anything, mm -hmm. literally not see anything. And then months later, only then these little things start coming up out of the ground that eventually turns into a yield that eventually turns into a harvest. And to be honest, that's exactly how I explained it. When I sat down with our friend Troy Faskell, and anyone can look him up, I said, Troy, you're going to do these videos. You're going to do them once a week, and you're going to do them from about six. You're going to go for about six months, and nothing will happen, like nothing. I said, you got to be prepared psychologically for that. 
because that's going to be the commitment and the patience you need to get over the chickening out period. And, and sure enough, it was, you know, five, six, seven months or whatever it was, Terry. Well, guess what? The, the, the swell, you know, the yield and the bumper crop started. And he, I know he looks back, he was telling me he was the guy that was doing because I know you got a lot of salespeople watching this. Mm-hmm. Troy Faskell was that guy selling 10, 11 cars a month. And now he's doing 23, 24, 25, 2017 was his best year ever in the business. And he'll tell you himself if he was here that online storytelling was, was a big part of, of furthering his brand and getting his customers to really do the marketing for him. My buddy Eric Decker has called this, calls that faith-based marketing. You got to do the work and just have faith in what you're doing. It may not work right. You may not see the results right away, but you keep on putting the yeah. effort in. Have faith and, and the results will come. So, Gare, this is the part of the show why I told you we've got a lot of salespeople involved. We've got a lot of salespeople and small entrepreneurs, people who eat what they kill. And I promised them that, you know, 25, spending 25 minutes of their day to, to watch me on, on, the, uh, on the video show, that's a big commitment for them. So I promise right. if, they'll, if they'll spend some time, I'm going to give them one, two, three things you said, at least one thing that they can walk away with to put into action today to start, uh, start building a better business, to creating health, happiness, and prosperity, to uh, having fun and changing the world. So Gary, give me at least one thing that the listeners can do today to start making their lives better. You know, as I, I've really enjoyed this conversation and as I think it through and the way it's gone, which we didn't script and we just followed our instinct. Yeah. I'm thinking whether you publish or not, whether you post it online or not, go out and shoot your first ever video. That's go great. out with, yeah, Terry, go out with your iPhone, just like I did, just like you did, just like Troy Faskell did, just like we've all done, had to do. Go out and do it badly. At least you did it. Yeah. At least you started to get used to what this technology can do. And see, I did many of them badly before I ever okay. started publishing. I swear I, I did because we got, we got, what happened was, and you'll appreciate this, we got so used to in broadcasting mm-hmm. because it was so, you know, we were, <coughs> we, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm all choked up now, I'm all emotional, but no, we were, <clears throat> they couldn't talk back to us, but on right. social media, you know, people, this is a part of a dialogue and it, it's, it's a new way of communicating. And so <clears throat> I can't recommend enough. Uh, do two things, do your first one, do it badly. Whether you publish it or not, doesn't matter. Find a story like the cookie we talked about, find a story that you can talk about that has nothing to do with your actual product or service. And then, Make a commitment to start watching, really watching the players in the online space. And I'm going to leave you with this because mm-hmm. I know we're wrapping up. <clears throat> in 1964, the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Show and America changed, the world changed. 73 million people were watching. The most watched Super Bowl was three years ago, Patriots Seahawks. 125 million people were watching. I will always show my audience, my business audiences, um, a screenshot. (coughs) Apologies, we got the dust. I I already talked about that. But I will show them a screenshot of two guys who I see as the Lennon and the McCartney of 
marketing right now today. And those names are Gary Vaynerchuk and Casey Neistat. And I can tell you the number, Terry, out of 100 executives, 45 years of age and over, right now in America, only four hands go up that have ever heard of guys like Gary Vaynerchuk or Casey Neistat. So there's two names that if you haven't already done it, go watch their stuff. Casey Neistat, for example, does videos, been doing them since March of 2015, um, every single day, and his views are north of one billion views, like a billion views. And these aren't on paid for platforms like CBS, NBC, or ABC. This is all on YouTube. Yeah. So, you know, I think it serves anyone well. Start watching what other people are doing in the space because now even celebrities, even the celebrities, Will Smith is the latest. Yeah, he's you know, everywhere now. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Will Smith is figuring out, let's <clears throat> pull the old Wayne Gretzky but, you know, the old Wayne Gretzky playbook, let's skate to where the puck's going to go, not to where it's been. Yep. And I think video is a big component of that. So make your own videos and start watching some others. Gary, thank you so much. If anyone wanted to get in touch with you, how do they find you? It's GaryMaxwell.com. New website just up. There might be some glitches, but it's Gare, G-A-I-R, uh, Maxwell. You're on the air with Gare, who used to have hair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm the easiest guy to find on the Internet. So, um, I, I hope, uh, Terry, that this was helpful. I certainly enjoyed it, and I really appreciated uh, being here on the Get You Some radio show. Gary, thank you so much. Had a blast, buddy. We'll see you next time. <laughs> okay, take care. Get You Some radio. You've been listening to the Get You Some radio show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.